You're listening to The Full Broadside. Welcome again to another edition of the Full Broadside. I have with me the standard four with me. Once again, I am Cyberjock. I forget to do that from time to time, mention who the heck I even am. <laughs> with me today, I've got KJ Mando, who is mobile today. Uh, Mr. Sock and Nimitz is back once again. How's it going, guys? Gentlemen. Doing good, man. How is everybody else? Awesome here. All right, well. Today, uh, you know, first thing before we get started, uh, we, we talked an awful lot about Research Bureau the last few days. I wanted to make an announcement. I finally got in. I had to free XP through that damn Donskoy. I got rid of that dang thing, and uh, I unlocked the Nevsky. Didn't purchase. I have no interest in that ship. So I was finally able to get into the Research Bureau, and I reset the French battleship line uh, for the double XP so that I'm ready to go when the 21st hits and I can reset something else. But as of right now, I'm only up to tier five. I'm kind of working through building free XP and then, uh, planning on just kind of free XPing right to the six and then start playing the six. Cause I think that's, uh, that's where you have to start playing them to actually get the, get the credit, right, Mando? Yeah, tier six and up. Um, that's when you'll start seeing your research points start, uh, coming back in. And I'm 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 gonna assume the second line that you reset will be the Russian line because I know you really want to play that Donskoy again. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, actually, actually, what I had thought about doing is I repurchased the Shores uh, because I did not get the Tallinn or any of those ships uh, uh, when the the what is it the pre-release or the release was out before it released anyway where you could play and get crates and get camels. I got the camel for the Talon. However, I did not actually get the Talon. So what I figured I'd do is I play the shores at tier seven for a while until I unlock the Talon and then unlock those and play those all the way through. And then perhaps maybe reset those. I don't know. I, I, I finally got my Venenzia. I really like that thing to the point where I even sold the Brindisi, uh, to finance some other things. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to reset the Italian line. I'm, I'm still kicking around what I'm going to reset, but there's a lot of new ships coming in, and, and there's so much to play right now. I mean, it seems like my head's spinning every time I log into the game with all the stuff I'm having to do. Cyber, have you have you gone up the heavy line, like with the Riga and the Petropavlovsk yet? No, no, that's what I was saying. I got to the shores. Uh, I, I repurchased the shores so that I can unlock the Talon and work the rest of the way. I have not yet unlocked the Talon or the rest of that line. The only reason why I was asking is because I love, one of my favorite ships in the game is the Moskva. I love the Moskva, um, especially with the unique upgrade in it, even though it got kind of nerfed a little bit. Um, it's still a really fun ship to play. So I'm going up the, the Russian heavy line and I hit the Riga and that thing is so lackluster. I don't know which one is worse, the Donskoy or the Riga at this point. So I, that's why I was asking if you'd gone up the heavy side line. I'm really stuck on this thing. See, see, and Sock really likes the Riga. Yeah, I find 
the damage to be very subpar. Um, HE or, you know, the accuracy is okay. I, I just find I, my Riga just extreme low damage games with it. It's just really anemic. We had, we had touched on this. I don't remember if it was in the last podcast that I was in or if it was just in game when we were all hanging out. But, I mean, isn't it like that with a lot of the Tier 9 ships? They're all kind of lackluster, at least the majority of them. And there's a few exceptions, like the Fletcher. But for the most part, aren't most of the Tier 9s kind of lackluster? Yeah, I, uh, I happen to really like the Donskoy and the Riga, but maybe I'm just different. I tend to do just fine in the Riga. You know, I, I might not necessarily do as well in it as the, I do in the Moskva, but I certainly don't have very much below average damage games. In fact, let me... Well, while you guys keep talking, I'm going to pull up the stat well, website. I'm going to see exactly just how I do actually play in it, see if it's a placebo at all. The Riga has the 203mm guns, does it not? It's got 220s. It's got essentially the same guns. It's got pretty close to the same guns as the Moskva. They're just less accurate. Yeah, I know it's got the the wonky accuracy in it. Like, the further out, the more dispersion you get. It, it, it's very much like the Kronstadt um, to me. And so that's why I figured, well, you know, I like the Kronstadt. A really tanky boat. Um, Riga shouldn't be that bad. The accuracy is a little bit better. But I, it, to me, I just it's just very lackluster. And so ultimately, I guess the question I throw out there is, Petra Pavlovsk, is it worth it or not? I mean, should I struggle through this Riga or, you know, um, or do the whale thing and just free XP through it? I don't know. All right. So here's my stats in my Riga. My win rate in it is only 40%, but that's a little skewed because I've only played 38 ga- or 30, sorry, 32 games in it. Um, my average damage is 76,000, which is a little bit lower than, which, yes, you're right, it is a little bit lower than the rest of my tier 9s. If we compare that to my Alaska, which I must play the Alaska really well, because i got same I've about the same amount of battles in the Alaska that I do in the Riga, but I have a 66% win rate. Again, that's a little skewed because of the number of battles. Um, so my average XP in the Alaska is 1,900 as opposed to the Riga's 1,300. Average damage is 91,000 as opposed to the Riga's 77,000. Average kills 1.32 as opposed to 0.8. And that's really all the stats that matter. So yeah, the Riga is... It's good, but it's no Alaska. I guess is the best way to is, is a, I guess is the best way to say it. What I will point out for you, Mando, is the Petro has the same guns as the Riga, and the dispersion's even worse. So, so I guess the question I'll throw out there then is: I've already got the Moskva. Um, I have enough steel to pick up the Stalingrad if I want to. So, is the Petropavlovsk even worth the headache to to keep grinding towards it? I, I guess I don't know. If you have the Moskva and you're getting the Stalingrad, you already have a captain for it. And if you already have the Riga, there's no sense in not continuing. Yeah, it's probably just one of those one of those ships that you know. For me, like the the Soyotsky, uh, once I Soviet got Soviet. yeah, whatever it is, I don't know, I, I didn't like the <laughs> ship. I don't even have to pronounce it right. I don't care. I, I, as soon as I unlocked the next one, I got rid of that sucker. And maybe the Riga is one of those ships too. Just uh, buy your Stalingrad, get the uh, get the Riga to ten, and then cut the Riga and use it to finance the new stuff for the uh, Petro. Yeah, I, it's 
it's one of those hurdle ships to me. It's it's like I love the German battleship line, but the Frederick de Grosso was such a hurdle to get through. I, I guess it must be one of those, um, you know, um, proving grounds or something on it. But anyway, I didn't mean to derail your subject. I was just curious if you had gone yeah. up through the what Riga I ha- what I will say about the Riga is it's one of the tankiest cruisers I've ever played. It's trivial to tank two million damage in that ship. Well, true. I mean, the whole line, even the Moskva and, of course, the Stalingrad, it's it's just those things are just bow tanking beasts. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I play my Moskva. I, I tend to bow in and just tank, tank, tank. I can burn, burn, burn. And then if they're stupid enough to try and pull out of there and give me a broadside, I can delete them with the AP. I very much believe that bow tanking is a dead meta. I find that I'm much more effective if I can stern tank in a ship like the Riga angle and then just kind of derp back and forth a little bit between quarter throttle and, and negative and full throttle backwards and then they'll just either they'll just dunk all the shots into your armor belt or they just won't hit you at all yeah because you've got the kiting pretty much mastered down <laughs> i've pretty much got it down at this point yeah yeah you're gonna I- love the italian ships man when you get into the cruisers they're uh that's what you do with the high tiers. Brindisi and Venezia are, that's what I do. I, I head in a little ways, get an idea where everybody's at, take a couple of pot shots, and then I turn out and give them my rear end, and I keep wiggling it. Yeah, I can do that in the in the Zara, and I can do that in my um, Abuki, but uh, these, these other cruisers, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I will say you really got to pay attention to what's shooting at you, because it's yep. really easy to get to get comfortable and get tunnel visioned and then somebody gets your and then you give a little bit too much side or you start or you stay at the same speed for a little bit too long and they figure out how to lead and then it's at the end of the day it's still a cruiser and plunging fire is a thing yeah your day can be over quick if you're you're focused on the guy that's firing at you and you're you're firing back at him and you're kiting away from him and then suddenly here comes a volley from somewhere else that's you're giving a broadside to and Holy moly, I've got like eight hit points left. <laughs> exactly. And there's nothing you can do. Typically, it's from a Thunderer sitting in the back corner. Yeah, down on the J-line, firing his 28.1 shot. The other important thing to think about when kiting is uh, your corridoring. To make sure that there's only one or two ships that are able to shoot back at you. Make it as fair of a fight as you can, and by that end... In doing so, you make it an unfair fight because he can't hit you. No, it's no, it's awesome. Um, it's a good point. And if I'm going to, me personally, if I'm going to kite, it's going to be in my French cruisers. I think the king of kiting has got to be the Henri. It used to be. Then they neutered its engine power. A little bit. Actually, Henri and the Venezia, I, I was... Um, teamed up with cyber the other night and i was jockeying around on my venezia and i I think i frustrated more people i know i lost a few karma points because i got i think i got reported more in my venezia than i ever did playing a a carrier just because it was making people mad (laughs) if i see a venezia you know it's like nine i wouldn't even say 18k or above away i don't even shoot at them anymore i mean it's like a waste of my time Yep, yep. Anybody in a Venezia that's that's worked that cruiser all the way up to the Venezia level to 10, 
should know how to avoid damage from long distance by now unless they're you know like Sox said they're they're tunnel visioned on on this one ship they're kiting away from and they don't pay attention to that that shot coming across the end of the day those italian cruisers and soviet cruisers are all very easy to slam dunk if you don't play them right right yeah so so anyway what were we talking about (laughs) so any listeners that have those ships be careful (laughs) well we were talking about the uh you know about resetting some lines but uh you know since since we're on to some different ships and we're talking about the uh the riga and 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 what what stuff we're grinding uh you know, we were Sock. You and I were talking about American battleships uh, before the show a little bit, and uh, since they're coming right around the corner, um, do we have any more thoughts? I mean, we've seen a few more. I don't know if any of you guys. I doubt any of you guys got them, but I mean, have you seen them in games? Have you had any interest in looking at these? Is there anything you're per, uh, uh, specifically looking forward to in these ships? I'll let you guys start. Well, I'll, I'll jump in there. There's one ship that has caught my eye that um, has snuck under the radar. I have not seen it in-game yet. And it's basically because of the, the gun configuration, and that's going to be the Tier 7 Florida. Yeah, I don't know if you guys a, have seen that. That's going to be a release day buy for me. I'm, I'm just looking at the configuration. It, it reminds me of um, like a Richelieu with a rear turret. I mean, the same kind of armor scheme, but it's you're packing uh, an AB and an X turret they're 356 millimeters. It's the Tier 7 North Carolina. It's what the North Carolina would have been if the escalation clause in the Washington Naval Treaty hadn't been enacted. Yes. Um, but what caught my eye was the AB turret is four rifles each, and then the X Correct. turret, also four rifles. So you've got three turrets, but 12 rifles, 12 guns going out. That's what wow. caught my eye on it. Because of, I mean, we go back to bow tanking, even though I don't think the armor is set up to bow tank on this one. But if you're bow on and angling correctly, you've got eight rifles pointing forward versus the standard six. That's what caught my eye on that one. Well, one thing I was going to say about the Florida is it's intended to be set up similar to the, uh, the, the Champagne and the Slava in the sense that it is meant to be a long range sniper and it has less armor than other ships of its tier. Well, at tier 8, tier 10, 25 millimeters of bow and stern armor on a battleship is pretty craptastic. You know, when all your contemporaries have 32. At tier 7, 25 compared to 26 on the rest of the ships is not a big deal. You're basically just as well armored as everybody else. I'm going to go there and say that's exactly what this game needs is more insert sarcasm long-range sniper ships right um i i was looking up to florida while you guys were talking and i was just trying to 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 get a idea so i could you know participate in this conversation because i haven't seen it yet i don't know a whole lot about it but it was something i thought was interesting they said it's uh a battle cruiser with the characteristics of the champagne and the slava but it has uh improved dispersion and lighter armor so yeah i mean it, it, it I, I love that what you were saying about the guns um it looks, sounds like it's got a little you know give and take like most ships do um but a uh, battleship with lighter armor tier seven i don't know what do you think that sounds to me like it could be very uh tough to play lighter armor well lighter armor at tier seven 25 versus 26 millimeters that doesn't give you any that you know 26 over 25 doesn't give you anything really. Isn't 25 
the threshold. I don't know that, but I was thinking 25 was the threshold for what two two or threes or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I was reading on that once before. I can't um, I, maybe, but I, I've found that with tier seven battleships, you're pretty vulnerable to high explosive anyway. I, I really don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. But I haven't looked at it too closely, and I also haven't played it yet. I put some pictures up for it in the in the chat there. The question is, do, do we know if it's going to be a doubloon purchase? Is this going to be coal? Is it going to be research bureau? As far as I know, it's just going to be a straight up premium doubloons, whatever. Oh, and it's still and it's still got a proper battleship deck armor, so it's not like what I was expecting. I, was, I thought it was going to have twenty five all all over. No, it's but got if it still has proper, then that then it's going to be played just like a regular battleship. I think it's going to be an excellent ship. Cyber, my sources are telling me it's it's the release is going to be a premium ship, and the base value is going to be around ninety five hundred doubloons. So, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, pretty standard tier seven. Yeah, you know, work in progress, of course. Yeah, that's something that I might have some interest in then. And it looks like the uh, the shell velocity is going to be a little bit higher than uh, than the uh, the sister ships uh, over there, the the North Carolina. I think what are they seven hundred something? low 800s this is at least 800 shell velocity so i'm liking the looks of it honestly and the fire chance is pretty high you know i'm i don't know i might uh i might give her a shot i like the aa on it don't seems to be pretty pretty standard for for american battleships i don't know it might be something i might have to uh spit a little bit of money at we might get i, I know I was going to say, I know I, I've gone up against a few Californias and I've seen a couple of super testers, you know, late, late night creeping around in some of the, you know, um, the other American lines. And so far, of course, they're, they have a non-disclosure agreement, so they're not allowed to, you know, give or take, you know, if it's good or bad or whatever. Yeah, not allowed um, to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but from what I have seen going against them, it, it reminds me of like, go, if basically, if you know how to, um, tactics of going up against like a New Mexico or a Colorado it's pretty much the same tactics I, I just I think the line is, is going to be kind of lackluster with the exception of the Florida I'm, I don't know I'm not too excited about the new line well since we brought that up uh, do we know I, I, we have a whole list of them but is it what four new ones and they're starting what tier what is it tier 7 and then uh We've got to, if we're going to grind, we got to open up to the tier six or is it a tier five? I don't recall. It's probably going to split off of the Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So, the, that's uh, seven. so there's after three the Col seven. Yeah. After the Colorado, you'll have the choice of the North Carolina or the Kansas, 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 Kansas Minnesota, Minnesota, and Vermont. Uh, Vermont, right? Right. Yeah. Kansas, Minnesota, Vermont. Minnesota. So then what is the California then? That's not in that line. Is that a premium. different ship? That's a premium, premium. as well. Okay. Is yeah, it's a, a premium. Seven. Really? Okay. That's anyway, that's my Yeah, that's my take on it. Not not too excited. My jury's still out. Um, other than the Florida, which looks decent, but I don't know. We'll we'll wait and see. I know there's a lot more development on it, and so it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, that brought up another question. I mean, for me, before I asked that question, an another thought popped into my head. You know, how often have we seen two premiums of the of the same tier be put out in the game at the same time they 
what pre-release I guess they call them uh, early access I think it's called uh, with the other line you know have we seen that before I mean a California and a Florida at the same tier and premium that's kind of uh, kind of different that does seem a little different um, I don't know maybe it has something to do with they don't want to be appeared to have West Coast or East Coast bias I don't know but yeah it's different I don't think I've seen it before yeah I just thought that was strange but um, all right, now I gotta think a second. <laughs> what the hell was I gonna say? I lost my second question. Uh. Well, while you're thinking about that, I'll throw in there that I did my whale self, since I appear to be the clan designated whale, did pick up the Lowenheart um, and have been playing around with that. So, really fun carrier. Sticking with the carrier theme, um, it's gonna be interesting. I think the next time that we do clan battles, if not already tier six, I think that's gonna be a game changer. Well, be something to give a try to, um, and thank you for that because I did remember the. Uh, we figure are these going to be early released? Is, does anybody know? Has anybody read anything on these? Are they going to be very similar to? I, I mean, we Fasak and I were talking prior to the game, uh, prior to the show here, and we were talking about it, and I thought that you know what, it makes sense for them to be in early access, like all the other ones have been in the last handful of patches because they're doing a dockyard of the same nation so it almost seems like a given that they would do that but with the transformers coming and all these little other things launching you know their what yeah their their fifth anniversary fourth anniversary whatever it is all of these are happening at nine eight so i mean do they wait do they launch it at nine eight what what do they do here yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I don't know. Um, I was looking at the highlights for 9.8. I didn't see anything about releasing um, the new battleships during 9.8. But, I mean, that's that's a thought. They could they could do that, too. My, if I was a, a guessing person or a betting guy, I, I would say Christmas for the, for the American BB line. Maybe some sort of a Christmas event or something based on the timeline, I guess. Because 9.8 is pretty full up. Um, haven't seen anything on Horizon 9.9, and I know that they've got asymmetric battles coming out. Um, we've got the sub rework that's going on, you know, on the the test server stuff. So I I I would say Christmas time, maybe. Possibly, I I, I have a feeling it might be sooner than that. I think we'll see the early access for them sooner than that for sure. I know we're always saying shame on you, Wargaming, but I would like to compliment them on that. It seems that as of late, you never run out of things to do. Um, you know, we get done with, with one event, uh, we grind through it, and we're like, okay, cool, we can get back to just a normal, you know, everyday grind. But nope, something else pops up. So uh, they're keeping it fresh. I, I say we give them a thumbs up for that one. Yeah, all of the stuff that they were talking about. I mean, you know, I just covered a couple of things, but then they're at, at some point. I don't know if it was nine eight or nine nine. They're adding another campaign uh, to the campaigns list. They're it's good. Have finished uh, all the campaigns. I need more. Well, there you yeah. go. So you got more work to do, and and I haven't finished them all. I haven't even bothered with the whatever the Halsey one is, and uh, I'm about to finish the. Uh, the, the, the last one prior to him and then I'll have that one knocked out but yeah I, I haven't even bothered on the Swedish one but yeah there's uh, there's all kinds of stuff coming it looks like you know and we, we talk about uh, asymmetric battles I know you guys uh, did some more reading I mentioned it last week and uh, sounds like you guys had some thoughts now this week that you've uh, read up on it a little bit so let's uh, let's hit asymmetric battles uh, before we go to break 
I'm looking forward to them. Um, there's some concerns. Basically, I the tier, because it's going to be tier six, tier eight, and I think that there's a lot of consumables for the higher tier ships that's, that's you know, radar, consumables, concealment levels. Um, looking at, uh, you know, we're talking about bow tanking. Um, most of your tier eight battleships have got like, what, 32 millimeter bow, which means that the AP of most of your tier sixes aren't going to do a whole lot with it so i i think there's some balancing that needs to get done but bottom line i am really looking forward to it i i like the the different style you know gameplay style of being outnumbered so to speak yeah i think uh i think that outnumbering what is it it's uh so you get four a team of four tier seven and tier eight you know whatever combination you pick i'm assuming and then a team of eight to twelve tier fives and sixes um i think you can make up i think you can make up for that deficiency with just numbers i mean uh we we found that out in in clan battles so far you know if if you really start working as a team and you focus fire in a ship um i mean it's going down i don't i don't care i mean at some point it's going down so I'm excited about it. I mean, I hope it works as well as I think it's going to, uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. I know the first I, thing I'm going to do is, as soon as I can get into the higher tier, is I'm going to jump in my Graf Zeppelin and I'm going to steer straight towards them and start secondarying everything down in sight. <laughs> I have some concerns about it. Um, I don't know if any of you played World of Tanks back in this time. But there was a thing called Historical Battles. It was a rather short-lived game mode. It only was around for a few months. But it was essentially what this is. You would have... It was like... uh, um, It would represent, like, for example, one of them was the Battle of the Bulge. And it would only let you take tanks that were actually there. So that meant that you would have a tier, your Tier 5 and Tier 6 Shermans. And the other team would be entirely Tiger 2s. And it would adjust adjust the the numbers of tanks accordingly, and it only let certain things happen. But it just it wasn't fun because the, everybody would just get annihilated who wasn't in a Tiger Two. Well, I, I, mean, I hope this doesn't turn into the same thing. Wargaming's probably learned from that lesson, right? Hopefully, this would be an improvement over that. I w- I would Shift think. Shift is also a very different game in the sense that uh, the discrepancies of power between tier is not as pronounced as it is in world of tanks right that's what i found but uh my i i've got two questions for wargaming on, on the asymmetric battles first off what possessed them to come up with this concept what is the purpose behind this battle mode i mean do any of you guys have a clue well we've only had the what three game modes for five years now People probably want more variety, and I think they understand that. Well, they mix in a few other ones. I mean, what was it uh, that they kicked out a while back that, that came out as a temporary one for a few months? Uh, it was not the armory, but it was something like that. It had something to do with, like, armory. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was uh, a Are you a talking about ranked sprint? No, no, no. This was something different. But anyway, they, they have tried a few of those things, but I don't know what the, what the whole idea the whole purpose behind this is and and then on top of this what is my motivation to get into these battles why would i want to i mean are the rewards going to be amazing or 
Are they just going to be, an, it's just going to be another game mode, and I'm just going to be able to get the same stuff I get in other battles? What's, you know, well, I, I, don't, okay. I don't see the purpose or, or rewards. Well, you know, let, me your, let me answer your question with a question. What's the purpose of playing, of playing um, uh, operations? People still do it. Rewards aren't great right. anymore. It's not all that much fun. People still do it. So I know, I know they're going to have a new temporary resource uh, battle tokens. And you get more tokens for the lower tier ships. Now, what the rewards are, what you can purchase with those tokens, I've not figured that out yet. But um, to answer the first question, I mean, it says it in the very first paragraph in the news article. It says, historically, encounters at sea have typically involved opposing sides with an unequal number of ships on each side. The new battle type offers a new gameplay experience and near real naval combat condition. So what Shaq was saying, you know, it, it offers the players uh, something different, you know, something to keep it fresh and new, which we just complimented them on as well. Um, and who knows what the rewards are going to be. But I think I think they're just searching for ways to uh, keep players engaged and involved. And, and um, you know, that's uh, this is their latest invention. Who We'll see how it works. Wargaming wanted to keep it historical, take this battle mode, and then throw it on the ocean map, the one with no islands. The one that everybody hates that I absolutely love. I love playing on that map because it's the most historically accurate. There's nothing there. It's just a plain ocean. So take this battle mode and put it on ocean and then watch watch the salt flow. <laughs> right. I do like oceans myself. I do. Well, you know, I don't know. Something, something that I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I, I guess you kind of have to do it this way. But my thoughts, if you want to be a little bit more of a historical mode, that's probably why they call it asymmetric battles. But my, my thought was, well, then let's have a bunch of Japanese uh, against the Americans. Let's have Germans against the British. Let's have, you know, the, the, let's have it that one team is this one team is that. But I get it with all the different players and all the different it, it, that's going to be near to impossible to probably pull off. So they come up with asymmetric battles in this way that there's the they go with a tier differential. But I, I just don't know. I, I don't know that I have any interest in it. unless the rewards are, are amazing and it's worth my while, you know, just like ranked. You know, I only get in ranked so far to get whatever little reward I want and usually it's somewhere around 15 or 12 and I'll go that far and then I'll be done I won't play it again so I, maybe it's going to be the same way what I would hate to see it turn into would be a total seal club fest I would hate to see that because you would actually turn away more players than you would attract them <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if you're going to be able to if it's going to turn out that way because I was kind of reading up on it and it was talking about you'll be able to freely enter battles at uh, from tier five to six ships, but to participate in asymmetrical battles on a tier seven or eight ship, you need the temporary resource battle tokens, which are received by playing this battle type. So, oh, so that's what the tokens are for. Right. So, yeah. so you have to play at the lower tier to correct get the yeah, battle that's the tokens. Catch. Correct. And then you so can that get may... the higher, the the upper tiers. But my main question is: Okay, when you first launch these nobody has the battle token so everybody's going to be playing at the low tier how do you determine you who gets get a, a higher you tier? probably get a random amount of them at the start yeah either that or you kind of go up against bots if they don't have enough to fill it i would assume i'm not real sure well they'll probably do it like they've done in the past where there's going to be there might you might get battle tokens in containers and you'll get a random amount of them to start with possibly yeah 
so that some people will or a better a better analogy like they did with the subs not everybody has them at the start but some oh, people got okay. lucky and gets them right but well, that would make sense but at least that way you might have to you know it should hopefully keep the uh the you know seal clubbing down because if you have to spend one to use a tier seven or eight and then if you're out that means that you got to go back to five or six to get your tokens again so it, it might help keep that down i don't know yeah i guess it, we get it's one of those wait and see things and well i guess it'll be interesting uh, i'm not super excited about it but i guess i'm willing to try anything so but i think with that before sock yells at us we're a little over so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back all right, and we're back. And you know, before we get carried away with some more topics and go off off on a tangents like we tend to do, uh, we received an email uh, from Brian, and he's got some questions for us. and And he wanted to talk about the a little bit about the dockyard and coming in nine point eight. He he reads this. Uh, it is said the rewards have changed. And he quotes, for example, completing phase twelve will bring you one hundred thousand free XP. They have not announced a ship as a reward at phase 10 like the Graf Spay was. And reward previously at phase 12 was only 10 special signal flags. So it looks like the 100,000 free XP is supposed to be the equivalent in the dockyard of what the Graf Spee was in the last dockyard, which I do not think is at all comparable. He goes on to say, even if you use Nelson at tier 7 as a guide mark, that's thirty or three seventy-five thousand um, free XP. Uh, put a little discount in for it being a cruiser instead of a battleship. Put an extra little discount because Graf Spee was six instead of seven, and he thinks the Graf Spee at f uh, phase ten is dramatically more valuable than the one hundred thousand free XP at phase twelve. The only argument really that is comparable with a fully upgraded Nuremberg from tier 1 to 6 is 99,540 XP. So hypothetically, that's what a Graf Spey would cost if it were not premium. He says he doesn't have any experience with the Puerto Rico dockyard, so he can't make any comparisons to that. So what do you guys think about what he's saying? Is the, uh, the 100,000 free XP enough in comparison to the Graf Spey? I mean, he does make a, a solid point here. He's right. I mean, it sounds a little light, but again, you know, you're looking at a tier eight anchorage that's supposed to be pretty awesome. And if I was reading it right, and I don't remember, but you can complete 18 out of the 20 phases uh, just by doing the directives. Correct. And if you do, you, do you get the ship? at 18 or do you have to spend those 1750 doubloons for 19 and 20 because that would i would determine really my answer to complete all 20. yeah so okay. the construction uh, cost comprises KJ, of you're 20 in game, pages. right yeah can you would you be able to tell me um how much gold the prince idol friedrich is while he's looking that up my prediction is the hundred thousand free xp as a placeholder you got to remember, this is all still, it's it's still up on public, and they did the same thing with the Odin um, dockyard on the public test, where it was a placeholder. Um, it's still, in fact, everything that I've looked at and that I've done my research on and my sources, everything is stamped work in progress on there. So if they do put 
another ship in there. I, they, I don't think they've announced it yet. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's just a placeholder for work in progress. They have the the disclaimer at the top of the page. Um, I didn't even think of that. You're absolutely right. It says, hey, this is how we intend on doing it as of right now. It could very well change before 9.8 comes out. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It very well could be a placeholder. Okay. Yeah. Well, well if, if that is indeed the case and they are to put a ship in at, say, Tier 6, you would assume it's American. Uh, what premium yeah, ship probably, would you think? Um, before we move, get onto that, I'm going to stop you right there. KJ, how much gold was that ship? That's what I'm trying to look up here. Um, oh, it should be in the armory. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking through. Or, or any, any, tier, <laughs> and any Tier 6, an average gold price. Uh, one moment. Uh, six, six, six. Uh, if I have any sixes that I haven't bought, the Ark Royal is sixty three hundred gold. Okay, and that's six expensive because it's a carrier. Right. So uh, the, the reason the I California, asked that, the California is ninety eight ninety eight hundred. That's a tier seven. Okay. The reason I asked that is a hundred thousand free XP would cost you four thousand gold to convert. And I wanted to see how that compared to how much gold a tier six premium would cost. So yeah, you're kind so of it is a little park. light. You're at least you're almost light by almost three thousand doubloons. About about twenty thirty percent. Yeah. Okay. So on with my question: uh, What tier six or seven premium American ship takes the place of that one hundred thousand? I'm going to say it'd have to be a a cruiser. So I'm going to say maybe like an Atlanta or a Boise, maybe an Indianapolis. Yeah, well, if you look sevens. at premium, I mean, there's the Arizona. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the Arizona? What about the or the Texas? Texas was or, tier five. I yeah, think. I know it's tier five, but maybe it make it a, a lower, like maybe for level ten or eight or something. I don't know. Well, or, you've got uh, the Monic, the Monaghan, even the Atlanta tier seven, Monaghan, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis, maybe. I mean, if you're going to throw in Tier 7, throw an Atlanta in there or a Boise, you know? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. That would make yeah. sense. My, my guess it would be probably uh, West Virginia 41 or an Arizona or a Monaghan if you want to stick with Tier 6. I mean, if they get, if they get um, you know, Froggy, you can throw in, you know, an Indianapolis or a Boise or, a, or an Atlanta if you want to bump it up. Okay, but what? So, uh, let, let's see. Uh, the Odin was tier eight. The Graf B was tier six. Do we know what tier the Anchorage is going to be? Eight. Tier eight. eight. So, okay, so you want to stick with probably a six then? So, I guess I can add to that question too. If they do leave that hundred thousand in there, would that upset you guys? No, I mean I'll take the free XP, uh, but they need to buff it up a little bit to make it the equivalent, like. You know, sock. What what would you say? Like one hundred and fifty thousand or something? Yeah, I think that would be would be fine. I, I'd be fine with a hundred thousand. Or another option would be. I mean, it kind of comes back to the whole thing of don't bite the hand that feeds you. Right. Or or another option instead of cranking up the one hundred thousand XP, leave that and then lower the amount of doubloons I have to purchase for the final two to get me into the anchorage. 
Yeah, I, again, I'll just reemphasize. I think everything's still too early to tell. It's a great question by Brian. It's a great question. I mean, we can predict what's going to throw in there, but um, you just got to bear in mind that it's all still work in progress. And so ultimately, it's subject to change in, until they put out a release. And no one worships, you know, worships being worships. We're probably going to be wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. If that's the uh, case, I'll just go buy my magic sausage and hope for a drop code. Magic sausage again. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you very much for the uh, email, Brian. It's uh, it's been awesome. Appreciate it. Um, we talked a little bit about the uh, the campaigns, but you know, I was I was in the game today and I was looking at some of the collections. Because seems like every time you open the the daily containers, you get a collection piece of one of the collections. And uh, I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were because I'm looking at some of these collections. And I've got quite a few of them on pause. And the reason is because I'm, I'm looking at the ones that I really want to collect. And the ones that I really want to collect, some some reason I'm not getting any of the, the drops for them to complete the collection. It's almost like they want you to go in and spend your hard-earned coal on uh, uh, containers to those specific uh, Are they ones that when you go into the collection you have the option to select, collect, and don't collect? Yes, yes. Because you can only collect one uh, uh, from one collection at a time. No, I'm able to collect actually two, I believe, almost maybe even three um, at the same time. As far as I know, you're only able to have one activated at a time. I've got currently two. Uh, I've only got one. Yeah, go back in there and look at the opposite one that you have that's you have selected as collected that one's going to say paused it should anyway because i've only been able to collect one at a time since i've started playing this game well the the newest german one is listed as pause but i'm still getting those because from is, the german containers you right, won't be getting them from your daily containers right. okay fine not a problem so if i'm looking at the other two that are lit up in gold it's the uh the one right before the uh, lolly girls i got the lolly girls which is still gold and then the the one prior to that is still still gold um so i'm still getting some of those but i'm looking at the amount that i still got to complete and finish off and i'm looking at it and i'm like my god this is not easy to complete all of these i mean do you and they only allow you to pause so many of them and you're kind of stuck so so when i'm collecting these i'm getting one or two from this one, one or two from that one, one from this one. It seems like they're always duplicates, but that's a little tip too, by the way. You can trade in your duplicates for something that you don't have. And I think the common number is five uh, for people that don't know that. But I just seemed, you know, my, my, my questions there to you guys is, do you feel like the collections are a little bit too hard to complete or are they just where they should be? I think they're fine. For the most part, they're fine. I've I mean, never I've got, really had trouble completing them. I mean, I've got two that I haven't completed, but I have no way of necessarily doing it until they bring something back because one of them is a shipbuilding collection, which I just did get anything done for. And the Resolute one, which I'm not doing that one by buying crates for it. So yeah, I've, got a, I've got a couple of those too. And I think that's uh, the rate at which you collect them, I don't think is an issue. It's just that it seems that a lot because there's so many of them i think um, i do th i think the crates could do with being less expensive i do agree with that because like 
I'm never going to finish Hunt for Bismarck. I mean, there, there's just, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen more to go. And I'm not buying crates to do it. Yeah, I mean, they bring that one, they bring not that one back all the time. So you can easily, once they bring that back, just flip it back over to collect on that when that's going on and then turn it back off again. Because they bring that one back yeah. several times throughout the year. Now, with the crates that you purchase, if you were guaranteed to get uh, an item that you don't have, then the price would be a little more justified. But when you there's a chance right. of getting a duplicate, not a chance. Correct. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with KJ. With they they bring them back throughout. The, I mean, they they most of those they repeat, so you, you'll have another chance to to collect more. I did not realize that. So that's definitely good information for me tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, they've only got a, some of them that are like special, special ones that you may never ever get back again. Um, like what was it the the Grade Eight collection? I'm sure you know maybe they might bring it back for a special end of the year type thing. Maybe I don't know. Um, but some of them, yep, they're they're probably missed that one time. They've did them. They're over with. They're done. You know, you never know if they're going to come back or not. So. Anytime they do, if I've got a collection that I don't have completed, I just automatically stop what I'm working on and flip it over to that one just so to try to finish it up. The other two that uh, I'm not collected on is uh, the Viva La France and the Resolute and Rapid. I mean, right. I'd I mean, I could complete that one if I wanted to go spend 6,000 coal and buy crates and possibly get everything I need. Well, for me, it's a matter of reward at the end of it. I look at what the ultimate right. reward is for each section that you complete. And if that's worth it, okay, I'll focus on one section and I'll use the duplicates and, and keep doing what I need to do to do that. But I will look at the completed collection as to what I would obtain from that. And honestly, the hunt for Bismarck, I have no interest in completing it. The, the reward is, what, a paint job or two? doesn't bother me in the slightest i don't care it, it's not a good enough reward for me to even care about that one so it's something i having don't care two, about having two flags on your ship is kind of the ultimate oh, flex yes. in this game though but it's it's also nice having being able to do that because if you for some of us who was able to pick up the uh the special one that gives you the extra bonus the five percent bonus on things plus then whatever flag you like yeah that's like nice. for me there's a couple flags that i like to have on it plus my beta tester flag has to be on every ship because I'm, you don't see very many of those. Yeah, I like flags, to flags, be flags. exclusive that way. Yeah, but in the case of just camo, it's, it's not worth it to me. There are some of them that, that have captains in them, uh, you know, stuff like that. Then, yeah, okay, I'm going to go because I can always use a captain. You know, a 10 points, 15, whatever it is. Okay, fine, I'll do that one or put it on the, on the top of the list. But vast majority of them, I just don't have a whole lot of interest in completing. So, it, it, you know, at some point I might just have, you know, be like KJ and Mando and have all, all the coal in the world to just dump on whatever I want. And once I've run out of all the ships I want to buy with it, I'm just going to have to use it on something. I may as well buy those crates and eliminate those and get get them off my list. But up till now, I really just don't have any interest in them. So it's just the ones that uh, that I'm going for right now because they have decent rewards for completing them. But all right, let's let's uh, have enough of that. Um, I'm looking at some patch notes and the development blogs, and uh, they've got some interesting uh, results from the sub battles that were out uh, what a couple of months back, and some of the uh, some of the tweaks that they've made and what they've what they've changed. It's really kind of an interesting deal. I don't know if any of you guys read on anything on that. 
I haven't. Um, you talked really briefly about it at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm interested to see what you got for us. Well, according to the uh, the, the the feedback that uh, the gamers provided and, and the test sessions that they ran with the submarine battles, they made some just kind of a brief overview. They they made uh, sonar ping mechanics have been updated, battery charge mechanics were improved, anti-submarine warfare tools were added for battleships and heavy cruisers. So that's a good one. A lot of people are big fans of that. Uh, the transfer of information of allies' hydrophones were implemented, and the detectability by sea of surface ships was lowered by sub or four submarines by one third. Now, the first step they've got is they've got solar ping, and they said it's no longer needed for submarines to target indicators on a ship's bow or stern with sonar ping. Just hitting the ship is sufficient. If a successful hit, it will highlight part of the ship, the size of which is based on uh, the width of the ping. Uh, so you still have the, the narrow and, and wide uh, ping. Torpedoes will home on this part, and the second ping on the highlighted part will allow the torpedoes to ignore the target ship's per torpedo protection. Sounds like much of the same. Uh, if a sonar ping hits a different part of the ship while the first ping is active, the initial highlighted part will move to the new hit area. Therefore, a submarine scoring a successful sonar ping uh, hit will be easier, but will require more skill to activate the double ping effect. So that's kind of an interesting little change there. Uh, they have changed some battery mechanics. It says during the during the test, battery recovered underwater while at one quarter speed, and the lack of penalties for low charge gave submarines an opportunity to remain all the time underwater with no significant obstacles. Now with uh, when an, a submarine is underwater, her battery will charge. Uh, her battery charge will recover approximately up to 30% at any speed and will not be consumed in motion. At the same time, if the charge is dropped to 20, then the maximum speed of the submarine and width of the sonar ping will be reduced, and with a dis uh, decrease in change to 10%, the viewing range, as well as the range of sonar pings and the illumination of underwater world will decrease. They added some anti-submarine armaments for battleships and cruisers. Uh, they go on to say in the new test iteration battleships and heavy cruisers will be able to call anti-submarine defense planes. When choosing this type of weapon the camera arises and aiming reticle will allow the players to select the point within a radius of about 10 kilometers into which, after a while, an aircraft will drop a depth charge. Charges of anti-submarine armaments will be gradually restored like the charge of depth charges. Battleships and heavy cruisers will be able to locate where approximately a submarine is with the help of a hydrophone at three to five nautical mile distance. So with the hydrophone, they said now the information about the approximate location of submarine from hydrophones of all ships will be shared with allies, and the radius of the destroyer's hydrophone has been increased to about 7K. This will lower some of the counter-submarine load from destroyers, although the depth charges are still the fastest and most effective way to destroy a sub. Uh, they go on to say they adjusted the de detectability of ships from submarines. It's harder to detect a ship from a submarine from higher viewpoint. 
now the base detectability of surface ships will be lowered by one-third for submarines. And as an example, they list a destroyer with a 6K detectability range will be detected, detected by the submarine only from 4K. At the same time, the average detectability range of a submarine on the surface of 4.5 to 5K. If a ship fires, then the submarine will be visible from a distance equal to her firing range. Uh, and then they got another thing. It will require more time to dive from the surface to a depth that protects against HE weapons. Uh, the depth at which submarine is hit by rocket bombs, shells, uh, has been increased from 6 to 10 meters. The underwater world will be updated, adding various objects, improving visual effect that illuminates the landscape and will simplify the navigation at depth. And then they add in a bunch of little, several little other minor adjusts and whatnot. So uh, they don't state when any of this is coming, but it sounds like they've made a lot of adjustments based on the uh, on the test stuff. So any thoughts on any of that? I think my head's going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I was in. Obviously, I'll need to play it to get a better understanding and and all that. But it seems like it'll be good. It seems like they've taken a lot of the uh, concerns that I had, and they're going to be taking it to heart. So that's good. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things you were talking about is about it taking longer to dive, and there it is, right there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we talked about previously too was when the um, you know carriers and battleships and cruisers when their planes would be able to drop uh, depth charges and I, I thought that was the coolest thing I heard Yeah, I was in on the um, the closed what is it the beta 1 or the beta 2 when it was on I got you know one of the lucky invite codes and one of the I was a big proponent of the anti-submarine and it looks like they fixed it and took some of our suggestions on, on the sonar ping um, because when you are a battleship there's no indication that you're being pinged or that you've got torpedoes you know coming at you other than you know the detectability range and so one of the things that they added was say you're sailing along in your New Mexico or whatever and you're getting pinged um, by a sub the portion of your ship that's getting pinged will now highlight and you'll get a little um, direction finder, much like the radio pathfinding, whatever. And it'll give you, a, so basically, you know, hey, I'm being pinged. And it'll give you a direction. So now it gives that battleship player or that carrier player the opportunity to start actively maneuvering to try to dodge those homer torpedoes. So to me, that was huge because I, I know we had mentioned it on some of our very first episodes, you know, submarines is basically going to be the end of the end of the battleship, you know, era. Yeah, so it looks like they definitely, you know, took precautions to keep that from happening. So, I mean, um, I, I'm pleased with what I heard. Uh, definitely going to have to play it until, you know, until I make a really educated decision on whether I like it or not. But uh, it sounds like they put a lot of time, effort in, into it. So hopefully it will turn out as well as we think it will. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're rushing into it really quick. Well, and I no, think they're, that's, that's, they're doing that's, it right. Yeah, they're doing it right because I think they learned a huge lesson when they launched the the carrier rework a little too quick. Um, I think that's that's gave them a little black eye, and I don't think they want to repeat that. So they're making this um, a long drawn out process. They're probably going to uh, throw a couple more test sessions yet at us, and I don't think we'll see them yet this year. But it's yeah, I wouldn't think they're very long off but i think that's going to add a hell of a hell of a fun little gameplay 
and uh, now at least the battleships and the heavy cruisers aren't completely defenseless or have to hide next to a DD. You know, they they can launch a, an aircraft and 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 get depth charges from an aircraft. So that's uh, kind of a nice little bonus there. Definitely, definitely improvements. Um, and they did. And what I like about it is they they listen to the community. They listened to those of us that were playing the the test versions and and putting in. I know I put in my feedback, and so it looks like they really um, did their homework and paid attention. And so I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I am excited because they're doing it right. And I'm excited to see subs implemented in the game. I like the fact that uh, you can share your ping information now. You know, if you you spot a sub, there's no reason a DD shouldn't be able to tell the battleship that's eight clicks over you know hey i got one over here so i'm uh, i'm excited about that as well right all those dds that refuse to cap now you got something to go chase <laughs> <Gage air. laughs> what <laughs> well i'm kind of curious though is that with the with the uh um airplane being able to drop the depth charges now you, that is showing here in the little animation they're showing is like okay you get that up view and you actually get to place the the uh plane kind of in a, in a kind of a target area so that's just going to add an even more complexity to things because you're already in a battleship or a cruiser you're you know you're, you're most of the time your head's on a swivel trying to see what's going on and now you've got to add that on dropping that in there and not running into something hopefully it's a quick and easy you know click on that you don't have to spend a whole lot of time on because i don't know i mean it doesn't say how long how much time you have for this to drop this plane once you go into that mode i mean is it like within 10 seconds 30 seconds you know I, i'm kind of curious on how that's going to work yeah they didn't I think go it's going to be a fire and forget yeah like, they didn't click go on a whole lot of detail but i'm sure yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think there's going to be like a time limit on how long it takes you to put your reticle where you want it. I mean, that's your fault. I mean, if you can't do it in a timely manner, that's your fault. So, and then once you do select it, like Mando said, I, it's probably fire and forget. Right. Well, like I said, I'm just looking at the little graphic there and I mean, it shows the, you know, you, the three quarter view up and it shows them clicking on something. Of course, then you see the plane come over and do its little thing. But I was just kind of curious. It's like, you know, that's just, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's going to be something else that, uh, to pay attention to and and figure out how to make it work so you don't uh i mean we already have enough people that run into each other you know especially hiding in smoke um so you know i just kind of wonder it's like you know how much extra time is that going to take out of your in the heat of the battle thing to remember to do something like that that you or in some cases accidentally hit that button and now it puts you into that mode you know i just you know, i don't know i just no, I, I totally see what you're saying, and I'm laughing because you know there's going to be those potatoes out there. And like you said, they they can't <laughs> even they can't even stop from rubbing paint in a smoke screen. And now you want them to toggle anti aircraft and drop anti sub warfare, and there's going to be a lot more collisions out there. That's, that's so no, right. it's, it's a valid point, right? And that's what that was my question: is like you know how difficult is this going to be able to to implement? I mean, it doesn't look like it's that difficult, but again, like I said, you know, in the heat of the battle, you're how many times have you bumped into somebody because you're trying to get away and whatever and, and you know so I'm just kind of curious on how that's going to work and, and how much time you have or and you know because how many times have we've played in a destroyer or whatever and accidentally popped our smoke and we didn't mean to pop our smoke or hit whatever so I'm just wondering it's like what's going to happen the first time that you inadvertently hit that button and all of a sudden your 
pulled up the three quarter view, you're gonna like, holy crap! Now, I, you, know. you know, I wonder <laughs> if um, them allowing you to reorder consumables has anything to do with that. It might, maybe. I mean, because we we've all griped about that. I mean, that's one of the gripes they've had for a long time about between ships, the consumables are never not always consistent. So I think yeah. Hopefully that I, was whenever I play a, a, just something with smoke and I take damage, I I hit T and I'm like, oh wow, crap! I'm smoke. Right. I meant to heal. Yeah, at least a very the the interesting thing that I read it, it seems like they they kind of added some nerfs to the submarines. They gave the battleships and heavy cruisers a defense, um, but they also improved the uh, the sonar for the for the uh, subs. So they kind of it's more balancing than anything else and they're they're making um making it so that every ship that has to come in contact with a sub still has a fighting chance i mean because that's that's one thing that i was doing when i was with a in a sub my ideal point was try to avoid the dds as best i can because i can't really see them but i got an idea whereabouts they are if i'm paying attention to the minimap I want to look for that lone battleship that's out there by himself. Well, now it's going to be a little harder because he can hit a, an, an aerial attack on me and uh, light me up so that everybody else knows where I am. And then suddenly I got uh, hellfire coming from everywhere. So it and felt I can't... a lot like carriers in that sense. Right, right. Where you're, the hunting, others... you're hunting for the weakest guy in the pack, which right. I guess is kind of the same thing with every ship, but it it really exaggerated that point. Well, and the thing is now I can't just, in a sub, I can't just go out there and get spotted and I can't just dive and disappear because now my battery charging has changed a little bit so I can't stay under as long as I did before. Now I have to resurface to recharge and, you know, or get out of the area as fast as I can, then resurface, recharge. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays once it comes out. I hope they launch another test session again. I'm sure there's a couple more yet to come. But I'd like to get in and, and test it now with with the uh, the new changes that they're uh, they're implementing. And I think uh, it's almost time for us to implement an end to this episode. Almost, but uh, we wanted to talk about uh, the boycott. You you had a question yes, about that. Yes, that's a good. We, point. we want to get that in there. So we've been running a few 10, 15 minutes long each show. So that's all right. Want to give the listeners what they want, right? So have you Everybody's guys? Worth. Have you guys all heard of? I, I think we I think we uh, touched on this once a few episodes ago. Yeah, have you guys heard the about first. the uh, um, the Clan Wars boycott? I looked it up today. Yes, yeah, I remember we talked about that when the Clan Wars were first starting first coming out. around. Yeah, but we kind of talked that way. There were some rumblings about a lot of the bigger, higher clans were going to not participate. Well, I watched a video today. Um, Oh, who the heck was it? Put it out. Sea Lord Mountbatten put it out, and uh, he dug into some of the numbers. And it was kind of interesting. Their boycott has kind of not gone as well as they thought it would. The, the numbers of people playing are kind of haven't really changed. And I just I wanted your guys' opinion on like was at least at from our experience at tier six. Now we I don't think any of us really have much experience at tier ten with the new carriers in clan battles to do much of a judgment on that but what what have your guys' opinions been on carriers at tier 6 I, I love them um, typically you know when we play carriers in a clan battle hopefully you're there to play the carrier obviously but 
there's been times where I've been asked to fill in and, and play my uh, Ruyo or um, and I think it allows you to establish a different tactic you know um, maybe we go with three destroyers a carrier and then you know a, a variety of cruisers um, that that whole aspect of knowing where the enemy's at before they know where you're at I find it almost invaluable um so why people are so um against it i don't know i mean if you don't like it bring your own carrier you can have the same advantage um but well, i think the the gist of it was it was turning into if you don't have a good carrier player in your clan you're hooped i disagree with that i mean we came up we went up against some teams that were just all battleships that we had a harder time dealing yeah. with the battleships and with their setups and and then dealing with the carrier so i disagree with that the carrier actually swung a battle th that you know there was no guarantee win if you had a, what, what you know, i've noticed what i've noticed with carriers from my experience playing them and primarily being a battleship player is when you have a battleship on your team you can you stand much more of a chance of just brute forcing your way through it. Whereas when you have the carrier, you have the option, you have options. You can finesse the battle a little bit. Absolutely. And the carrier is not going to be able to do as much damage as a battleship can. But they're the ability to get rid of the destroyers quickly, know where everybody is, pick off the weak guys. And one thing that I found really useful is assuming that it's a battleship team on the other team, you can keep the battleship player busy. That's you know, true. I remember one game we were up against a battleship and he'd gotten separated from everybody because all his cruisers had gone running off, so he had no AA support. And I had his undivided attention for almost 10 minutes, which meant that he wasn't shooting back at anybody because he was just trying to dodge my torpedoes. No, yeah, I mean, there's there's different tactics involved. Uh, I think some of the, the older clans just don't... They don't want to change and, and adapt and evolve in their tactics, but... Is it overbalanced enough that it throws the games off? No, not at all. At least it's, not at... We should put a, a disclaimer in there. At least not at Tier 6. Yeah, so, not at Tier 6, not true. at all. It's just a different tactic change, that's all. Yeah, so yeah. we've had we've we've had success with both. I could, uh, uh, I could just see a, a YouTube clip there, Mando out of context. <laughs> right. right. We've had success with both. We've played a carrier and we won. We've played a battleship and we won. I would kind of be curious um, if someone ever has time to look it up, what our record is, carrier versus uh, battleship. But I bet it's pretty much even. And I just I could think find out. I'll, I'll find out for next show. Uh, it just depends on you know how good a team you are and how tactically sound you are. I don't I don't think that the battleship or the aircraft carrier either one is OP and it needs to be removed. I think it depends on the team that's playing it. But I prefer to have carriers as an option. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll look through our statistics and I will get numbers for next week. I think the the more established clans that have set from, coming from a couple of. Um, real competitive gaming clans you have set maps and you practice and you go into training room and you practice on this map this ship in this you know is gonna sit here with this ship here and you're gonna and you have preset positions and i think basically what what they're whining about because that's what they're doing they're whining about is is 
a carrier throws all that out the window because you can't just show up and sit and bow tank. Oh, oh, it, it screws up their rock, paper, scissors game. It does because it throws that element of uh, uh, there's a, that different element in there. And that's what I think what all the, the whining is all about personally. That's a good point. It was the same thing in World of Tanks. We trained on every map. And uh, yeah, you you knew where you were going. The, the The strategy for the game was set before you even dropped in. Yeah, it, I they can no longer, you know, I as as a Stalingrad, I can't just sit in this island gap with two Stalingrads and and hold, you know, this flank, knowing that nothing can bow tank me because now there is a carrier running around which can broadside me and drop rockets or torpedo me on the side. So it they can't just sit in island camp anymore. And it adds that variable to the game, which I think was a much needed freshening up. And but that's again, that's where I think is all the whining came from. Well, I think it also helps that you either have a battleship or a carrier. Yes. You can't yeah. do yeah. you can't do both. So you're either sacrificing guns or, or you get firepower or you get right. spotting. Right. And that's what your it's what your choice is. Because I mean, how many times have we've had them of of a lot of the games that we've got up against carriers, well, what's generally in most cases what's left by the time the match is over whether we're up or down it's usually the carriers left so yeah you get that extra spotting ability um so i mean it's like i said it just depends on your on the gameplay and and at everything so i mean i haven't had a problems with the carriers i mean for the most part um i don't know if it's just because of the the people we've gone up against i'm sure if we you know go up higher up the ranks or whatever that it gets more prevalent but it doesn't always seem like the carrier players on the opposing teams are always going directly for the DDs. I mean, they go out and do some spotting. They may hit the DDs once or twice, and then the rest of the time, they're just flying around hitting whatever. So I don't know if it's just the the carrier player at that tier is just not disciplined enough. I'm not real sure. I'll say um, just from my perspective, since I've played a, a few of the uh, carriers and the uh, in the clan battles um it depends because i mean when i go out that's my goal is to spot the dds first and to help eliminate eliminate them off the map whether it's my rockets or you know sock shells it doesn't matter is we got to get them but there are times where you know you're getting all of a sudden flanked by a a graf Spee and a you know a henry or whatever i don't even know what the tier six one is i forget um and you have to go deal with that i right. mean have to um but yeah i mean I, I agree with what you're saying for the most part but like i said you've you know you've been in enough matches with us and and everything that you see that i mean you i don't know it's just i'm not saying that there's not good carrier players there and i just it just doesn't seem like a lot of the ones have the same discipline at that tier as they might at the higher tiers i think that's a fair statement for sure well i think it comes down to i don't think being in a, a, a team with a battleship or a carrier, I don't think either one of them has a specific advantage over the other. I think in the right hands, a team with a carrier player that knows what he's doing has an advantage over anybody else, even another team with a carrier player. Um, 
I think it has has to do with the players and, and do they know their ships. And if that's the case and you've got a, a full team that knows how to play their ships and knows how to not be dumb and make stupid mistakes, you're going to win. And I, I don't think it matters whether you're in a carrier or a battleship, but I honestly think it's a fabulous idea to allow them in. I've never liked the idea of discluding any specific ship or, or, or type of ship for any reason. I think that's uh, that's that's stupid. I think if it's a game, if it's a ship in the game, at the tier that clan battles is available, it should be allowed, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm glad that it's it's happening at at, at what was it tier eight? It's happening down at uh, tier six. I'm glad to see it, or tier ten, I think it was last time. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I like to see both of them. So any parting shots from anybody? Let's start with KJ. I really don't have a whole lot right right now. Just everybody be safe. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I, I'm just working a whole lot, so I've been pretty tired. Yeah, <laughs> totally stay get safe. it. <laughs> totally get it. Uh, Mando, sitting at your uh, your little desk there, what do you got for parting shots? My parting shot is Wargaming, where's my Kriegsmarine containers? Us whales out here, we got to keep the game going. We got to support the free players. And I can't do that unless you put my Kriegsmarine containers in the shop so that I can buy them and get my chance at rolling dice at something. So, Wargaming, put the Kriegsmarine containers in the shop already. That's my party chat. Oh, I, I remembered uh, what, I was, what I was thinking about last week or two weeks ago or whatever the heck it was. Um, we were talking about... Uh, Oh, it was the name of that episode where we were, we were talking about uh, where Mando was being a jerk to all the people who want to play ranked. Right. And um, <laughs> the, it was what 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 was it that we ended up calling that episode? Potatoes and something. Scrooge McMando, I think. Right, Scrooge McMando, and I was going to say, "Get out of my swamp." That's what I was. That's what I was going to call it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody Shrek has world. to support this game so everybody else can play for free. Come on now. All right, Sock. With that, with your parting shot, I know you got a stream to pimp. Yeah, you, the links in the description. Um, I've started streaming some other stuff now. I've started doing some flight simulators, which I've I've been doing. I've been playing them for years, but I've only recently been getting back into it. I've been getting a little bit burnt out of World of Warships lately, so I decided to do something a little bit different. So come check it out. Yeah, Mr. Sock 97 and uh, you know burnout is part of the game, you know, every game that you've ever played, you're going to get burned out and tired of it at some point. So, uh, part of the reason I'm still here every night, I took last night off. I didn't get into the game, so shame on me, but it's probably the first time in the last 3 or 4 months, but uh, you know, sometimes you just need to take uh, take a little bit of time out and there wasn't anybody else on which is a surprise normally our discord is loaded with people no matter what time you log in so you know i i come back for all the clan clan people and, and hang out and catch up and see what's going on and drop divs but uh but here i'm waxing poetical so uh nimitz parting shots i just wanted to try to touch on this earlier tonight and i've had so many opportunities so many good segues for it but uh we were uh, talking about the boycott earlier, uh, so I said, you know what, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to do a little research, and uh, one of the first things that popped up, I saw whales in the uh, little verbiage, you know, the little blip of what the story is about, and so it automatically caught my attention because we have Mando with us, So, but uh, Mando's going to have a little bit of a problem comparing with this guy, so we have a gentleman... Uh, 
in Houston, a 59-year-old gentleman, and it's not even a, a table or a desktop game. It's a mobile game. He spent $2 million on this game. And then he teamed up with uh, 60 other clans slash guilds in... Um, they all agreed and i think they said each guild or clan had approximately 40 or 50 members they all agreed uh to stop spending money until this particular game and i don't know if i'm supposed to mention it due to like copyright and all that stuff but this particular game um they uh said they weren't going to spend any money at all until they fixed all the issues they had with the game the game um has contacted them directly and is drastically fastly trying to fix all these errors um but then another term comes up because they were doing research called a social well a social well is someone who has that influence and spends that money on the game but they convince others to do the same and i thought that was very interesting as well so mando you're not alone if you'd like this gentleman's name um i can shoot you the link and maybe you guys can hook up and uh figure out how to spend your next paycheck <laughs> i love you guys i just want to say that i love you guys <laughs> uh we just like to harass my, you, that's all my only extra extra parting shot is no dwarfing this weekend oh it's different every weekend until about oh no, no no you don't ever get snow over there what the heck man we get it but it melts pretty quick and uh, sometimes we play in the snow anyway it makes it really hard to find your ball though you know what we've got a game up here they got on uh, one of the nearby lakes and yeah, uh, i just have to look down in in yeah, northern minnesota and they wait till the lake freezes over then they drill a couple of holes all around nine holes on on, on the ice and they have ice golfing and what they do is you take your clubs out there and you go out there on a well yeah i guess you have to buy put a little mound of snow on the ground and you put a tennis ball and you smack a tennis ball through nine holes and try to end up in the, the half drilled ice hole so yeah ice golfing that's a thing you know i wasn't uh, a hater of the cold because i know it gets really cold there um i would probably try that out that sounds actually entertaining yeah, it's fine. You just drink a ton of beer and you smack a bunch of tennis balls around. And you know what? By the time you're done with nine, you're warm and you're having a blast. And you don't care how cold it is because you're, tro- you're you're toasted. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, my parting shot. Just, hey, everybody, be safe out there. Uh, be safe in the game. Don't cut me off when you're in my in my team in the game because that drives me nuts you know stay out of rank right mando yeah stay out of rank for mando he doesn't like potatoes no capping for kj yeah yeah no capping for kj but he'll have some subs to sink here before too long so there's there's that so (laughs) all right everybody this has been the full broadside everybody take care we'll talk to you next time music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.